Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Dr. Charles Anthony. He's a clinical professor at ASU, as well as an author. Dr. Charles Anthony, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Christopher. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast this afternoon. So I love many stories, but I especially love immigrant stories because my parents were immigrants. I was born and raised in New York, but you know, everyone that is either an immigrant or came from an immigrant parent, it's like a different perspective and mindset. So for you, you chose to write a book called Beautiful America, A Cuban Story. Tell us what was the inspiration behind your book? Sure. Yes, the inspiration was um, having the opportunity to tell the story from the perspective of my family experience and give voice to a, a collection and a, and a large amount of people that have come to this country from Cuba and help the rest of the world really understand or those that read the book understand. Now, what does it take? What, it, what is the psychology of the human being that's willing to jump into a boat with a baby and their family members to try and make it across the ocean? How, what conditions need to exist in a country to get to that point where people are fleeing in, in boats or however they can get across the ocean. So I wanted to really capture what was going on in terms of the revolution and then connect that story line to what we went through as a family. So I, in the process, I interviewed my own, my dad, my mom prior to them passing. I was in Cuba four years ago doing some research there and, and discussing the, the state of affairs. And one thing, about Cubans is they enjoy talking. They enjoy talking, especially if they're from the, uh, the, the mother country. If they've, if they've come from Cuba and they um, emigrated during the revolution, they all have a story to tell and, and they enjoy sharing that with people and, and speaking in, in small little collections of, of um, other folks from the country and sharing their own unique experiences. So let's just first talk because then everyone has seen what listeners know or don't know. So just talk about the Cuban Revolution, just you know, briefly. What was that about? Sure, I think the revolution started obviously with um, Fidel Castro and Che Guevara and other characters that um, wanted to overthrow the existing Batista government. It was really more of a puppet government for the United States, and and there was a lot of things going on in Cuba at the time where the average Cuban citizen, farmers living in remote areas across the country didn't have access to. So the nightclubs in the capital of Havana were filled with tourists and people coming for the Cuban experience, which included good rum, good cigars, and dancing women and, uh, and fanfare. Uh, the revolution started really with these guerrillas in, in the jungle and not very many of them, but they were able to, to capture the hearts and minds of the people that wanted change. There was, they wanted political change and they wanted to um, break ties with the existing issues that were going on in Havana, the gangsters, the, the, the large influence of American owned businesses in Cuba. Uh, there were, but prior to 1950s, there's a lot of US. Late 1950s, uh, you know, Cuba was known and is known for their sugar production. Sugar was king in Cuba for many years. And there was also a lot of dole, dole was there and, and there was um, fruit exportation that came from Cuba. So there was a lot of resources there that were coveted in, in the United States and other countries. So, and they used those resources to create wealth, but the wealth wasn't really distributed. The wealth during that time period just flowed straight to the capital, you know, flowed straight to Batista and his cronies and those individuals that were part of the government 
um, the government mechanism. And the average farmer that worked you know, eight months out of the year cutting sugarcane with, an, with a, an axe, or not an axe, with a, a sword, machete, didn't get to um, benefit from any of, of their labor, any of, of the, the things that the government was doing. There was poverty and malnutrition and the lack of education and things that the individuals in the rural areas didn't have. So here comes a lawyer named Castro that um, wanted to start a revolution and with his little band of guerrillas is able to influence people and, and take over the country and have Batista flee in the middle of the night right before the new year in 1960. And why do you think for 60 years that Cuba has been what Cuba is now still? I think for, for a lot of reasons, I think they've had, part of it's the condition and the spirit of the Cuban people. They, they, they uh, as long as they have the opportunity to, to share in family and, and engage others in, in music and in the arts and um, have the, the opportunity and the perspective that there's hope around the horizon, they'll persevere. It's just, I think it's one of those cultural things that Cuban people have. They were, here's a country that was, uh, overruled by Spain for many, many years until the Spanish Revolution came, came about. And, and uh, that's just the, the spirit of the people. And as I write in my book, I tell the story from a perspective of my own family. So the individual characters in the book, my dad who fought against Castro, he fought for Batista. Uh, the story starts out with him explaining his military experience. And then he's, up, up, he's captured at one point. He's about to be executed. So my dad had three days prior to his execution in the mountains of Cuba. And at that point, my grandmother owned several farms in Cuba, and she was forced to sell those for pennies on the dollar to try and bribe people along the way to find out where my father was being held. And this little woman named America, that's why I call it America, um, uh, beautiful America, Cuban story, because it's named after my grandmother, America Gonzalez, and my sister also has that same name. So this little little five foot nothing woman named America winds up selling the farms that she owns to try and bribe people in a corrupt government to find out where her son is being held in a prison prior to his execution. So it goes and, and um, it explains our struggles as a family and how we ultimately uh, get to the United States based on our individual family experience. And I filled in some of the parts that are historical fictions based on some of my perspectives from visiting the island. Unfortunately, my parents passed many years ago. So the, the stories in, that I heard from them are 20 years old in some cases. So visiting the country really helped me fill in the gaps when it came to how I was gonna tell this unique story of a, a family that struggled through the revolution and, and they sought to escape persecution and possible execution by finding freedom in this country called America. That's great. And so is it a novel based on true stories or, or is it actually like a, a memoir or, or, or autobiography almost? It's an, it is a novel based on a true story. And, and I, I went back and forth with my publisher in terms of what, you know, what genre. And I, I didn't have all the, the specific facts in terms of what happened with my dad, the unit he was in, the movement across the country. So I'd rather, I, I decided to, to call it historical uh, fiction. And that's kind of the category it's in now. I got it. And I really like the, the fact that you called it a beautiful America. I mean, I was born and raised in New York. I'm an American. And, and uh, we have a lot of problems in our country, but it really is a beautiful place. And literally, the, the Chinese words in, in, for America in Chinese, it means 美国. And it literally means 
beautiful country. It's literally the literal mm. translation of, of, of uh, the U.S. is beautiful and, and country. That's why sometimes when you hear people that are women, Chinese women, their name is Mei Mei, which means beautiful or pretty. But again, oh, the, the okay. literal translation of, of, of when you, if you ask anyone that's Chinese that speaks Chinese, if you say, how do you say the U.S., they say Mei Guo, which literally means beautiful country. So, and your, 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 your title, why did you choose? So I hear that your grandmother was called America. So why did you choose beautiful? Because do you see, did you always see it as beautiful or that's like the, the American dream that you had? Cause I don't know. You know what. I, yeah. I, I, that's a good question, Christopher. I think for several reasons, one primarily because if you ask individuals that live in under tyranny, and I don't know that many Americans have, have had that experience unless they're a part of the immigrant community. Um, and some Americans, specifically with what's going on in our country right now, have certainly faced abuses and continue to face abuses. Yeah. But when you live in a little country and, and, and you don't know what's going on in the world outside of your community and you don't have the opportunity to dream or to think of something beyond your current situation, cutting sugarcane with a machete, then you try to um, tr try to find a better world. And that better world for a lot of Cubans is called America and that better world for a lot of people across this globe. And after 23 years in the military, I haven't been in Baghdad, Korea, Egypt, Kuwait, all these different countries. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. And it's, and it's sort of sad for me now. I know what we're going through and there's a need for social change. I understand that, but I just hope that people also um, juxtapose that with what they have, not in this country, they have the opportunity to create change. Yeah, there's a lot of people that um, that that uh, don't have that across the globe. So we may not be the perfect country, and I think it was Winston Churchill said that there's no, um, there's no, you know, we're flawed. We're very flawed. There's a lot of issues that we have in, in this country, but we're the best country in the world, I believe, and I still believe that. Um, and I hope that that we take that spirit as we try to motivate change and and. And those of us that come from a different country can reach back in our memories and understand what it was like to live under tyranny. And those individuals that have had the benefit of living in this country for many years and may not have seen what suffering looks like, that they have an opportunity to, to um, weigh that and weigh the benefits and, and the, the amazing gift that they have living in a land that, that has the opportunity for democratic change in a peaceful non-violent way that they can embrace that and move forward and, and help improve the country as opposed to some of the things that we've seen in the last several weeks. Yeah. And again, this will pass as it has in the past, but like I said, I, I really love your book title and your story and your, your deep level of determination and heart and sharing that because again, we all have these stories and this is why I even created this podcast. So Charles, thanks so much for being on our podcast today. How can our guests stay in touch with you and, and, and read your book? Absolutely. They can certainly, if they have any questions or they want to reach out to me directly, my email is d as in David R, Dr. Charles Anthony at gmail.com. They can either email me directly or if they'd like to um, read the book or get a little bit more information on it, it's on Amazon, Beautiful America, A Cuban Story by Dr. Charles Anthony. Um, it's both available on paperback as well as on, um, they could put it in their they could also read it online if they so desire. So either one of those two ways is a good way to get the book. And again, I'm willing to answer any questions or share in a dialogue or experience with anyone that's on your podcast. Great, Charles. Thanks again for your time. Have a great day. Thank you, Christopher. I appreciate the time.
Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.